What was the hypothetical you gave me just a minute ago? Would you be a potato every Sunday for $100,000 a year? What are the terms of being a potato though? Like I'm actually just like, could someone eat me? Like, could I die? Now you're just like a semi-aware of being a potato. It's not like so you're- like Mr. Potato. Yeah, but worse. How so? No legs, no voice. You just have to <gasps> like live as a rock. Have you seen uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once? Oh yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, like how like they're rocks. It's kind of like that, but you don't have an eyes. Oh, you can't I move. see, I see. So I can't yeah. actually look at anything. I feel like this doesn't remove the risk of t- being turned into a french fry though. I mean, that is one of the job hazards of being a potato <laughs> for $100,000 a year. I just have to make sure. I'd consider it. <laughs> Would you do it? No, of course not. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Sage LSAT podcast. I am Henry Ewing, one of your co-hosts, and I am with Asta Sinha, your other co-host, and we are going to be talking about my favorite section on the LSAT. Henry, take a guess. Is it LG? No. Is it LR? You're awful at this. It's RC. It's my favorite section ah. on this test. I love teaching it. I love like watching that moment when a student or a client, like it clicks for them. Like, oh, like this actually isn't that bad. Like this actually makes a lot of sense. Dare I say it? Like this is easy. And it's just such a rewarding feeling for me. And I also think that once you kind of get a handle on RC, it's fun. Like it's actually a really good time. What's what's your take on RC? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Mm, I'm I'm pretty indifferent to it. I I mean, I like RC because I like reading about things. And I personally find the, the subjects moderately interesting. On the LSAT? I'm also weird, though. Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's really? a lot of uh, philosophy and French Revolution and art. I don't know. Didn't you tell me that... I feel like when we were planning for this episode, you said that you were a Wikipedia kid. Like, you would spend hours just browsing through Wikipedia, learning about the most random things. Was that you or am I thinking of someone else? No, 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 That that is me. So today we're going to be talking about RC, but specifically how to read for RC and also how not to read for RC. The first part of it, right? When you look at the passage, what are you looking for? What do you need to do? And also, what do you not need to do? Like, I feel like there are a lot of things that people do wrong. And right off the bat, if you stop listening to this podcast right now, the one thing that I want you to take from this is that you do not, and I cannot emphasize enough, you do not have to memorize every single detail in the passage to do well in RC. No. You absolutely do not need to do that. I feel very strongly about it. No, yeah, I I agree. Memorizing every single little detail in the passage is, or attempting to do that, unless you have photographic memory, all the power to you. It's not a good use of your mental energy on RC, I'd say. So true. So true. So cool. Let's dive right into it. It's reading comprehension, not reading recall. (laughs) I don't know. That was, I could, <laughs> that was terrible. Sorry, I'm feeling slow today. I'm not I'm not very I'm not very on top of it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well let's start with I think it's better to start let's move on from Henry's incompetencies. How not to read for RC, I think is a good place to start off. And then once we've diagnosed some of the problem areas that a lot of people tend to have with RC, then we can actually talk about how to read for RC. So what's the first piece of advice you would give to someone as far as how not to read for RC? Yeah, so something I think that is very common among everyone who's taking this test is RC. They get it's a a frightening proposition because they have four passages and they feel like they need to get through the passage so they can get to the questions because obviously getting through the questions is where you get your points. And so there's a tendency to 
I, I don't want to say like over-prioritize, but he prioritized the actual reading component of the of RC in favor of the questions. And how that ends up representing itself is people rush through the passage. They'll spend two minutes skimming through the passage in order to get to the questions. Now, that's understandable, but the problem is is... When you get to the questions, you actually have to answer them. And the questions, the questions are about like they ask, it's reading comprehension. So it's about how well you understand the passage. Well, if you didn't really spend any time reading the passage in the first place, or you only have a very light understanding of what the author is trying to say, you're not going to be able to answer those questions. And then what ends up happening is you have to read the passage again, right? For each question. And then you are just, you're just, it's a downhill spiral. It's awful. You you don't need me or Asa to tell you that 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 ends up being, that ends up being not so good. Painful. Yeah, no, it's rough. Like if every single question you're having to go back into the passage and refresh yourself, you're not in a good spot. And I actually heard from a friend of mine who got tutoring for the LSAT, not through Seven Sage, but a friend of mine who got tutoring for the LSAT and her tutor told her to only read the first and last sentence of every paragraph on the passage. Sheesh. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Hands down. Was that piece of advice. That's insane. That's actually crazy. How does that even work? I don't know. Like, I think the logic was that, like, if you read the first and last sentence, you can kind of get a gist of what's going on in the passage. And then you go to the questions and you just have to go back each time. Like, that just just read it once the first time. Like, that just seems like such a terrible way to go about it. Yeah, I think too, that's kind of, there's no like real gimmicks that work on the test for RC, I feel like. With RC, it's it's like, why devote so much attention trying to do anything but reading the passage? So true. Right? Well, why don't no, just, re- like exactly. just read the passage? Because it's like, I, I personally, I guess we're in the personal, I, I wouldn't want to devote so much attention to like learning some new, some special way to read just for RC. Because like, that's just not how real world reading works. No, <laughs> you, I agree. You know? The way the LSAT is structured, the RC section at least, is to some extent, it does prepare you for law school, right? It's asking you to pull main ideas and relationships out of a very dense piece of text. That's exactly what you're going to be doing in law school readings, right? Like you're not going to be reading the first and last sentence of every page of your textbook in law school. Like that's not how that works either. So super annoying. I just, I hated that piece of advice. I want to throw it out there. If you're doing that, I think I can take a pretty strong stance and say don't. Like just, that's just a bad idea in general. So that's the first thing, right? People rush through the passage. They don't really understand it. Or conversely, you will try to memorize the entire passage and spend five, six, I've even seen like eight, 10 minutes on a single passage. And then obviously you don't have time to actually answer the questions. And I can almost guarantee reading a passage for eight or 10 minutes at a time, if you're working with standard time at least, will not get you anywhere. It will not aid your understanding of what's going on. Spending that much time on the passage just means you're paying attention to details that don't actually matter. And you're investing time into parts of the passage that don't actually matter. In my head, like anything more, and again, this is if you're working with standard time, anything more than the four minute mark is when you start to see, uh, what's that economic term where like you keep doing the thing, but you get less out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Diminishing, diminishing marginal utility. Yeah. Diminishing returns. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what happens if you're spending a whole lot of time on the actual passage. So don't read too quickly. Don't read too slowly and also if you get to a word or a sentence in the passage don't sit there and invest 
a million minutes or a bunch of time trying to decipher this one word or this one sentence. It's okay if you don't know what the word means. I see this specifically in students I've worked with where English is not their first language or their native language, where they'll find a word that just they don't know what it means. And that's okay, right? Like no one's expecting you to know every single word on this passage, but they'll find a word they don't know what it means and they will freeze. Like they'll just completely, completely stop moving. Trying to win the battle, but losing the war kind of situation. Exactly, exactly. You and your violent metaphors. I know, I don't know why. Ridiculous. (laughs) So anyways, do you have any other thoughts on the whole don't hit a roadblock while you're on RC? No, I I don't really have any additional thoughts on that. And maybe we're turning to strategies a little bit more than what... I know, this is another what not to do. Let's say you do encounter that word you don't know. And you follow what Asla says, you you skip over it, or you, you, you take a guess at what it means. Well, after you're done with the passage, and you're done with the questions, you need to go look that word up. I'm a big believer in that it is will only behoove you to expand your vocabulary. Behoove. Behoove you, I don't know. Uh, it, <laughs> it is beneficial, maybe, to expand your vocabulary. And we live in an incredible modern age where in two seconds, you can look up them. You don't have to go to Merriam-Webster, file through. You can literally just use your phone, right? Or use the website, Google. Use the website, Google being the website. <laughs> or just Google what the, the word means. There's no reason to live in a world where you don't know. And I think that's just a good practice to, to get you curious. A, a lot of words, like, you might not know, but as you expand your vocabulary, you'll be able to guess. I feel like you'll be able to guess what some words mean better. And maybe, honestly, we're just going into pet peeves of mine. <laughs> this is just... This is just a, this is a pet peeves venting thing. But I, I, I think that's good advice, though, right? If you don't know what a word means, look it up after the fact. Don't live in that world where you just don't know. It isn't 1800. The 1800s. No, I totally agree, right? There is something to be gained from that. But like you said, like, after you're done with the section, go look it up. I don't think there's any point in trying to context clues your way for four minutes at a time for one word or one sentence. That is not worth it to me. So those are kind of the general things that I wanted to preface this conversation with about RC of like what not to do. And we'll go into all these things more in depth in future episodes as well. But I really want to get into, well, how do you read for RC? What do you do? How do you do this? The reason I want to get into this is because I have a three-step method that I have copyrighted and trademarked and coined as my own. All of those things are lies. But I did come up with it and I really like it. And I think it's a really good way to get through the test. Have I, I can't remember if I've like actually talked to you about the big three before. The the big three. The big three. The big three. No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I I would have remembered that, but uh, I mean, take me away, I guess. I I will talk for like five minutes straight about the big three. Give me the big three, Asa. Give it to me. Summary, structure, speakers. That's it. Those are the three things you need to know about the te- about the RC section. Triple S. That works too. I like the big three better though. I don't like triple S. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you don't call it. Why would I call it that? It's an awful thing to call it. Because that's what. Awesome. Let me tell you about. Just sounds like you're tripping over your words. Henry, you don't know about. Well, let me tell you about... No, that's just weird. That's no, so it's weird. weird. I don't like I it. I take it back. Big three. But basically, right, <laughs> when you're looking at an RC passage, like we said, you don't need to worry about every last detail. You don't need to worry about every little example that they throw in there. You don't need to focus on memorization, right? The RC section is not a test of memorization. What'd you call it? It's not... 
reading recall <laughs> yeah that, that did say. not flow that that, that did not land. yeah that did not land at all <laughs> so, but it's not reading <laughs> recall oh god i'm cringing you felt it as you said it out loud too, yeah it was just not not a good one i knew it was gonna be bad but i, I went for it anyways <laughs> but no when you're thinking about this test those things don't matter as much as actually being able to pull the main ideas and the relationships and the perspectives so that's what the big three kind of comes down to so the first one is your low rest summary, right? Each paragraph, each chunk of the passage, you should be able to break down in just a couple of words, right? What is the author trying to present to you? What is the information coming across here? And that summary should be content specific, right? It should tell you what is actually in this paragraph. And the way that I like to explain it is with what I call the sidewalk test. So Henry, imagine this, close your eyes, right? I'm going to paint a picture here. I'm walking down a sidewalk. I'm going in one direction, right? You're walking past me in the other direction. And the time that I have to tell you what this paragraph was about is the time it takes for us to pass each other on the sidewalk. I've got like three seconds max as you're running away from me, not running, maybe walking away. I hope you're not running away from me. But as you're walking away from me to tell you what this paragraph is about. So if your summary of a paragraph is four or five sentences long, well, Henry is long gone. Henry does triathlons. Like Henry's moving with speed. You do not have that much time to tell him what this paragraph is about. Big calves. That's, <laughs> That's what... Nice quads. <laughs> That's... That's what I use to explain the the benchmark for what your low res summary should be. It should be a quick couple of words, what this part of the passage was about, something you should be able to communicate to someone in just a couple of seconds that lets them know what this passage or what this paragraph was about. It's like a, a fleeting moment, if you will. Literally, that's that's what it is. Because if you have a low res ships in the night, what would you say? Ships in the night. <laughs> You're so dramatic with everything. If you have like a four or five sentence long low res summary, that might be something that you remember after you read that paragraph. But when you're in like question five of the passage, you are not going to remember that entire thing. And it's a waste of your time to write it down. Yeah. I mean, also three or four sentences. That's an entire paragraph right there. Yeah. No, literally. That is the paragraph. What's like the antonym of a summary? It's like the opposite of a summary. A rendition? in unsummary <laughs> let me look this up let me let me let's why are we living in a world where we don't know the this is in the 1800s the opposite of summary lengthy a, a lengthy <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lengthy <laughs> it's not a it's not a low res lengthy <laughs> when i googled it I, it says I searched... it says lengthy <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. So yeah, it's not a low res lengthy, right? You need to actually have just a <laughs> couple a of lengthy. words that you can hold on to. So that's your low res summary. You should be able to take a beat with yourself at the end of each paragraph or at the end of each big part of a paragraph and ask yourself what was the summary. Second part of the low res summary is structure, right? So whereas the low res summary was about content, so structure is whereas the low res summary was about the content of a paragraph, the structure is about the relationships between the paragraph. So you want to think of it like a framework, right? If you had to outline this entire passage, 
how would you do that, right? If you had to make a roadmap from one paragraph to the other, what would be the connecting line, right? What are the descriptors between each paragraph that allow you to relate them to each other? Find the thread. Exactly, exactly. You're like making a, a sweater. I don't know. You're knitting. But if you get to the end of the second paragraph, let's say, and you have no idea how it relates to the first paragraph, that's where I would be like, stop what you're doing and figure that out before yeah. you keep moving. You've got like, problems. I think that is essential. A lot of problems. If you read a paragraph and you're like, I have no idea why I just read what I read. It has nothing to do with this passage. That's rough, right? You're going to be in a really bad spot. You have to be able to, to connect the pieces, knit a sweater, make a roadmap, whatever you want to call it. In my head, let me know if you disagree, Henry, but in my head, the structure should not be content specific, right? You should be able to switch out any topic in your structure and it should still make sense. Do you agree? Yes, I, I, I do agree. <laughs> I, I agree in that it is useful for the structure questions. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Whereas I feel like the summary right, or having your low red summary is going to be useful on a variety of questions. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Like it's, yeah, good to, exactly. it's good to have an idea of the structure. Absolutely. For 100, those questions 100%, 100%. that are like, which one of the following is the function of the second paragraph? Well, yes. if you don't know what the structure is, you're not going to know the answer to that question. Yes, yes, yes. But the only, I guess the only, I mean, it's not even a caveat, it's like a, an asterisk, just saying that if you are stuck figuring out the structure, and that's the only thing holding you back, I wouldn't be too worried. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, right, right. it's so, like a couple of questions. Right, yeah, it might be like a question or, or, or two on the passage about structure, and maybe you can figure it out too. But I, I agree, it's like, if, you're, if your goal is to understand the passage, which I guess we should add, that's probably the goal of the reading it's like obviously the sub goal right is that you want to get the questions right but the overarching goal here is do you understand the passage well absolutely right? and then that is going to lead you to getting the questions correct it's it's a, it's very much a an understanding the passage first then getting the questions rather than trying to get the questions i i feel like i'm floundering on this <laughs> <laughs> think so i think you're does, right does that make sense right it's like your 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 main objective ought to be understand the passage yeah and the questions means will come this, on their own exactly which means you want to understand the summary and you want to understand the structure and that Absolutely. will lead you to the questions if you have just a oh i'm just i just want to get things done like i just want to answer the questions it, it, it you're kind of you're doing it backwards is probably the way i would put it is that useful i don't know take from that what you will <laughs> <laughs> Asla, get me out of here <laughs> Throw me a life jacket now. <laughs> you're doing great, Henry. You're doing an excellent, excellent job. But I will take over because I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the last part of the, the big three, the three semicolon big unit, this is whatever you want to call it, is speakers. And I think this is the part that is glossed over by most people when they're studying for RC or when they're working on RC is it's really important to know who the voices are in the passage, right? Whose point of view, whose perspective is each part of the passage coming from? And the reason, okay, I'm about to, I'm like about to stand up. I'm so heated about this. Everybody and their mothers. I'm, I'm sweating just listening to you. No, I'm, I'm sweating too. I'm very passionate about this. Everyone and their mothers struggle with inference questions on RC right? That's the one question type that everyone's like, oh my God, I cannot get inference questions right. They want me to read between the lines. No, they don't. They want me to use outside information. No, they don't. They don't want you to do any of those things. The reason I think most people struggle with inference questions is because when they're reading the passage, they don't know whose perspective is who. So when you get a question that's like, which one of the following statements would the critic be most likely to agree with? Well, if you don't know what the critic said, you're not going to be able to infer what they would agree with, right? Yeah. Oh no. my God. 
I feel so strongly about this because it's a, such a simple fix if you can start paying attention and kind of cataloging in your brain, okay, this part of the passage is the critic's point of view. This part of the passage is the researcher's point of view. This is the author's point of view. This is the proponent of a certain theory's point of view. If you can look at a passage through that lens, those questions that are like, which one of the following, I don't know, questions would the researcher want to answer? Well, if you know exactly where in the passage the researcher is speaking their piece, it's going to be so easy to answer that question. Oh, okay. I'm done. I'm sorry. I took it away. No, no, no. I, I, I 100%. Yeah, I I agree. To to make an inference about what someone thinks, you have to know what they think. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it seems <laughs> it's like true, such though. a simple thing. I know. Like, we're laughing because it seems so simple. But so many people, I don't know if this is the same for you, but I feel like in a lot of my live classes, a lot of my tutoring sessions, it's like inference questions, inference questions. I cannot get inference questions right. Yes, you can. Just yes. find the speakers. And here's how I like to think about it. So I had my sidewalk test. I had my little roadmap analogy. Here's my thing for speakers. So imagine, Henry. Okay, we're painting another picture. All right. Yeah. You're in your sophomore year English class. Okay. Okay. You're probably... Were you ever good at English? I feel like that's something you'd be decent at if you did philosophy. I was a monster in English class. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> so you're sitting in English class. You are being a menace to absolutely everyone around you. And your teacher's like, Chills. okay. <laughs> the hair on read... my teacher's back would stand <laughs> up the, the second I walked. It. Oh, no, it's Henry. <laughs> everyone would get dead silent. <laughs> the heads like slowly turn towards you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're sitting in class. Everyone has recovered from the jump scare of you walking into the classroom. And your professor hands out an assignment. What's the assignment? You're reading a play. Okay. What does a play script look like, right? It's got a person's name, colon, and then all of their lines. And then the next person's name, colon, and then all of their lines, right? You know who is saying what. You know who the speakers are. Right, yeah. Turn every single stupid RC passage you've ever read into a play script and figure out what parts of the passage is going to have whose name associated with it. Mm, okay. I once had one of my tutoring clients way back when, when I first started kind of teaching the big three the way that I do now, he was like, Asta, Asta, I got you here. And I'm like, what do you mean? What did you, what did you think of that I haven't already? And he was like, the author wrote the passage. So obviously the author is the speaker the entire way through. Wow. And I was just like, I mean, like technically sure, man, maybe right? But that's not the point. The point is, even though the author is writing all the words, you got me there. The author is tippy typing away on the entire passage. If you turned it into a play script, there are going to be parts of the passage where the person that comes before the text is not the author. It's a researcher. It's a critic. It's a scientist. It's an art something, I don't know, philosopher, anybody else that's not the author. And the better that you get splitting up the passage that way, in my opinion, the better you get at RC. It's like a Sh Shakespeare wrote Hamlet. So obviously he just believes everything. Yeah, the Shakespeare is... The Hamlet had to say. <laughs> no, literally, like by that logic, if Shakespeare was to put on a production of Hamlet, Shakespeare would be the only person in the cast. That's That'd actually be kind of funny. Just like watching someone like run back and forth the entire time. Right, right, exactly. Be stabbing Good himself God. in the back. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Given, given soliloquies. <laughs> Watching Shakespeare just like run or like one person like run around the stage from place to place. Yeah, exactly. Good God. Impressive. I'd be impressed if someone did that. A one man Shakespeare. One man Romeo <laughs> one and Juliet. Show. Good God. So yeah, that's the big three in in the most succinct terms that I could put it, which honestly wasn't very succinct, but I feel so passionately about this. And here's why. Henry. Why? Tell, tell me. I, I was. I, you stole the question right from my mouth. <laughs> the 
reason Can I get I'm a word so- in? <laughs> The reason I feel so passionately about the big three is because for a long time, I sucked at RC. I was so, 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 so bad. And the reason I was bad is because I would go into every passage and here was my strategy. Read and hope for the best. Just jump into the questions and start praying and hoping that the right answers come to me. That's a terrible strategy. And of course, right? Everyone always says, oh, my RC scores are so inconsistent. Sometimes I'm minus nine. Sometimes I'm a minus two. I never know what I'm doing. And it's like, yeah, if you don't, if your strategy is read and hope for the best, obviously you're going to get inconsistent results. But the minute I started implementing this standardized method, right? I'm looking for three things as I'm going through this passage, get in, get out, answer the questions, be done with my life. My scores got so much more consistent because I had a method. And rapidly your scores improved. Yes. It was like almost overnight that I started to get better at RC because I was like, oh, like, Obviously, if I don't do the same thing every time, I'm going to get different results every time. But if I'm just doing the exact same thing, wash, rinse, repeat, what I was trying to say was... I don't brush my teeth, so I wouldn't know. (laughs) Henry, what? What? What a crazy (laughs) thing to say. (laughs) Good God. I'm I'm kidding, guys. I do do brush my teeth and floss, too. I don't believe that one bit. You, You don't even make your bed, Henry. I... No, I... Hey, by the way, bed... Bed was made yesterday morning yesterday morning what day is it today is today yesterday let's not get caught up in the details also I, you I know floss. what that's fair that's my advice don't get caught don't up get in caught the up in the details much like rc where you don't want to get caught up too much in the details absolutely so that's the big three i hope you guys like kind of got something out of that if you are interested i teach a whole live class about like one of the live classes that i teach the one i teach on rc is literally just about the big three like indoctrinating as many people as i possibly can with this three-step method because i think it's good i do i stand by it i'm i will die on this hill that the big three is the way to read for rc die on that hill here's here's where we stand (laughs) seven sage (laughs) seven sage philosophy is that the big three is correct the the horde of rc is coming up the hill (laughs) and commander asta has decreed you will die where you stand where is this going what have i been saying today You've been more unhinged than usual. I don't know. I I am more unhinged right now than than usual. Well, it's because it's really because you've just done such a great job outlining and giving a structure for RC. It's just it's my one thing. This is all I've got. No, you sound passionate about it. I'm also (laughs) fairly passionate, but I don't have as much of a, a, a unit. Let's let's just re refresh though as a, as a parting gift for everyone if we could as it if you will because we just gave, we just gave them the lengthy <laughs> if we if we could if we could <laughs> if we could give them a summary of of what what happened so the give first me a thing minute. I'm still laughing <laughs> give you a minute that's a good callback that was funny okay tell me what did you gather from my spiel. The first thing you want to do is make sure you have a summary for every paragraph and make sure that summary is really a summary. Not a lengthy. Right. Yeah, exactly. So every paragraph, they're going to give you a lot of words for actually not that much information. And so your job is to not remember the words, but to pick up what the information those words are saying, which will be less than the size of a paragraph, right? It's not rocket science. There's a basic idea they're trying to communicate to you. And so summarizing paragraph by paragraph can help you get there. The second thing you want to do is structure. Understand how the paragraphs relate to each other. Is there a turn to the author's opinion in the second 
paragraph, right? Are they introducing a new concept or theory? Are they introducing evidence? And doing that will help you understand the passage as a whole, and it's going to help you understand or get those structure questions on this test. And the third thing, which you seem very passionate about, is speakers, 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 speakers. Every single passage, there's going to be different perspectives coming at play. Sure, it's written by one person, but they might be writing another person's perspective, uh, a counter argument to their argument, if you will. For example, not if you will, right? For example, that's just one of the ways that it might come into play. And so understanding who thinks what is going to help you get those inference questions. It's essential. And truly, Henry, like not to continue talking about this method, like there are other things we want to give advice for as well. But the last thing I'll say about this is every single question, 100% of the questions that you get on RC, you will be able to answer with one of these three elements without fail, every single one. And that is another hill that I will die on, right? Like every question comes back to either the low res summary, the structure, or the perspective, or some combination of the three. That's it. That's all you need. How long do you think people should be spending on a passage, by the way? What's your what's your take on that? Yeah, so again, working with standard time, I like my happy medium is between 3.30 and 4 is what I prefer. What about you? Yeah, I like 3.30 and 4. I think 4, four is... Four is probably my my middle point as a point of recommendation. Mm -hmm. I think even up to four and a half is fine. Yeah, I think that's fair. You're not in like danger territory. Once you go beyond that, though, you are maybe getting a little bit towards the I need to start answering some questions. Yeah. With just what I have. Yeah, that's contingent on you being able to answer the questions quickly because you've invested that time into the passage. Yes. Right. You can't then also spend a minute 30 on every single question if you're going to spend four minutes reading the passage. Yeah. And also, I think we should add to 100% understanding is not necessary, right, to getting every question right. A, a, a really good understanding. I don't know what number you would want to put on it. Maybe um, like it's okay. 80? Yeah, 80, maybe 90, right? As long as you feel pretty good about it then I think you have the tools that you need to answer the questions. Yeah, I think that all makes sense. So when you're reading the big three, they're just part of a unit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Henry. So we've got this big three, we've got this method. Should you wait until the very end of the passage to hash out the big three and figure out what it is? Mm, no, I would not say so. I think ideally at the end of every paragraph, you're thinking big three. Or you want to at least get one of those S's down. You want to get this. You want to get this summary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the very least, you want to be getting the summary down, and, and and only for the reason that your understanding of the first paragraph is going to help inform your understanding of the second paragraph. And so, if you feel like you are pretty shaky on the first paragraph. It's going to be hard to gleam a lot of the information you need in the second paragraph then. Because a lot of these paragraphs and these passages, they, they, they refer back to previous information. Now, that's by the way, that doesn't mean you need to, again, you don't need to understand it 100%, right? If you're just a little bit shaky on a concept, maybe it gets explained a little bit more in depth in paragraph two or paragraph three. Maybe that's okay. But if, you're, if you read the first paragraph and you think, man, I just have zero idea what happened. You need to reread that paragraph, right? And take it a little bit slower because it's not going to get better, right? It's not going to get better. You're not going to. And, and if it feels like it's getting better, what's probably going to end up happening is your understanding of the passage as a whole. It's so corrupted, <laughs> right? It's like a, a drop of, I don't, I don't even know. A drop of? No, the one rotten apple spoils the bunch. One rotten paragraph spoils the bunch. <laughs> You, you don't want rotten paragraphs, okay? Yeah, yeah you I don't, think that's a good principle. <laughs> right? 
So yeah, Good that's God. what I, that's what I that's the only thing I would add. Right, is that don't wait to the end to to start summarizing and start evaluating how well you understand something. Try and get that done in in the moment. Just live in the moment for once, why don't you? Oh, that's really cool. Like, give, what would it be like to give yourself permission to to have some fun reading this? <laughs> the last thing that I do want to say, right, to that point is if you're reading something that I hear a lot, it's something that happened to me a lot, is I'd be reading the passage, I'd be reading the paragraph, and the words would just gloss over. Like, I would get to the end of a paragraph or I'd get to the end of the sentence and it'd be like, I might as well have just sat on my hands and closed my eyes and done nothing for the last 30 seconds because I did not comprehend any of it. I think it's a very common problem because if you're not like Henry and you weren't a Wikipedia nerd growing up and you had a childhood and touched grass and friends and a social life, all those things, then... (laughs) Well, I wouldn't know. I I wouldn't know what that was like, but sure. I'm agreeing, though. (laughs) What then in that case, these passages are probably not going to be super interesting to you. So here's my quick fix to that, I suppose. Become a caveman as you're reading the passage. And what I mean by that is you're reading each sentence or you're reading each chunk. And to all the cavemen out there, keep doing you. <laughs> I can like imagine you doing finger guns like, as you <laughs> say that. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> What I mean by that is read a sentence or read a chunk of the passage and translate it into words that actually make sense to you. And it doesn't have to be good English. It could be broken English. It could be caveman English. It's like that scene from The Office. It's like, why say lot word when few word do trick? Did I get the quote right? It's terrible. I've actually never watched The Office. Henry. I know. Henry. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you didn't have a childhood or a social life no, or friends. No, I, or... wiki- I was reading Wikipedia. <laughs> Did you read the Wikipedia for the office? Like anything at all? No, I, I steer clear of that. Oh my God. You need to take some time. Take some time off and watch The Office. Like, I think that's Dwight? a good use of your time. Yeah. Dunder yeah, Muffin? Is... <laughs> Dander Muffin? Mifflin. Good God. <laughs> Anyways, as you're reading it, right, translate it back into words that make sense to you. That it can be very quick, right? This shouldn't be a time consuming process. But if you do this every time you read a sentence or you read a couple sentences and you just kind of say it back, that forces you to not gloss over the words. Because if you're just glossing over the words, you will, words, you'll have nothing to say back, right? There'll be nothing for you to translate. But I really recommend live translating in just caveman talk, right? Do not spend a whole lot of time doing this. But I think that's a really good way to combat the the eyes glossing over the page and not actually comprehending anything. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Live translating. Absolutely. Well, cool. I think that brings us to the end of our episode henry unless you had anything else to add no i i think i think i have an 80 percent understanding of rc at this point <laughs> and that is I'm, go- I'm good to go <laughs> yeah that's all we ask for is 80 percent. good god <laughs> awesome another quick thing that i just want to add before we go is the day that we are recording this is the day that the first episode was posted onto the feed was it really? Yeah. The, How did that, the, I not the know first that. episode posted today, which I think is kind of cute, right? We're That's like exciting. We're recording this episode, episode five. So Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Today is Valentine's. I mean, oh, the first episode came out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, you're so right, which is kind of cute. But if you are listening and you've been listening since the first episode launched today, the timing of this is going to be weird because this episode won't come out for a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. I think that's kind of sweet that you've been sticking around for long enough. Maybe it was the start of a beautiful relationship with the Seven Sage LSAT podcast. 
<laughs> we won't leave you alone on Valentine's Day. If nobody else, the two of us have you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Talk us out, Henry. Well, I'm Henry Ewing. And I'm Asta. And this was the 7th Stage, Stage Podcast. podcast. Hey! <laughs> if you want to learn more about how to read for RC, different ways to approach RC, check out 7thSage.com. We got a whole little section of the curriculum on it and a ton of live classes as well on this very subject. So maybe we'll see you guys around on the website. Sounds good. All right. Happy studying, y'all. Bye. Woo! Bye. For more LSAT study tips, visit 7 See you next week.